0: This episode of the Naturist Living Show: A Whole Nude World.
1: This episode of the Naturist Living Show is brought to you by Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. At Bear Oaks, we offer traditional naturist values in a modern setting. Free your body, free your mind. www.bearoaks.ca.
0: Welcome, dear listeners, to episode 150 of the Naturist Living Show. My name is Stéphane Duchaine. I'm your host for this, uh, I guess, in a way, anniversary episode 150. That's a special number that we should celebrate. You've been uh, listening to me since 2008. If you've heard all of the episodes uh, so far, so um, and and for episode 150, we're introducing a new type of show, a new kind of format. But before we do that, we should uh, definitely thank all of our sponsors who keep the show going. Samantha?
2: Absolutely, Stefan. And for episode 150, we have to thank all of our listeners, every single one of you. It is so amazing that you guys listened to every single one of our shows, all the comments, all the questions that come about, all the amazing stories. It's just It's turned into a wonderful community, and I'm so happy to be a part of it. We truly appreciate every single one of you, and especially those listening that are supporting me on Patreon. Thank you for recognizing the time and effort that goes into producing this show. I I don't have words to describe how much I appreciate all of you. And I want to especially thank a certain few people this month. So, this episode is brought to you by Shel G, Mark, Greg B, Cindy, and Mario G. So, thank you and thank you all for your continued support, your donations. It is so incredibly motivating. And stay tuned for a lot more content coming up because we have been busy the last few months. We just haven't been able to finish any projects. So, This is one of many to come in the very near
0: future. Stay tuned. So one of the things that uh, has happened since 2008, for sure, is that publishing has become a lot easier. Uh, It used to be that you need to uh, convince a publisher to uh, take you on, and authors would submit manuscript after manuscript to publisher after publisher in order to try to get their book read and then edited and published and distributed. And your success depended on that to a great deal. Um, It it wasn't whether you were a good author necessarily or not. Certainly, um, it made a difference whether you you could write because if you couldn't, no publisher would ever uh, pick you. But as some of the... uh, uh, Famous authors like Stephen King, when he published under another name, discovered, your name does matter. He published uh, the Bachman books at one point in order to try to publish a different style. If you know Stephen King, you know it's all horror. The Bachman books are different. Um, And until people realized who he was, the books wouldn't sell. The publishers, of course, knew who he was, so they took on the books. But the marketing and the selling didn't work. And uh, he's not the only one who has tried that. So... It certainly does help to be famous to be published. Um, but that doesn't mean there aren't great things out there that publishers turned away. They can only publish so many books. And now you can self-publish. And a lot of people have been doing that. Because self-publishing, publishing on demand uh, or printing on demand uh, of the books and also eBooks means that you didn't have to have a book that had an enormous audience, Uh, which is a good thing because there are certainly, if you're in a niche area like naturism, perhaps there's books you can publish on naturism that no publisher would ever print because in the past because it was too expensive for the potential sales, at least in their opinion. Um, The downside of this self-publishing possibility is that anybody can self-publish. And so until you read the book, you don't know whether it's any good or not. You don't know whether the person uh, only thinks they know how to write or maybe they are technically gifted but their story is terrible, it's entirely possible. And so there's a number of naturist authors out there. We've interviewed uh, some before. And the the problem I had was, how do I know what's good and what's not? I, I See, the problem is I don't have time to read. I, I like to read. And actually, I read a lot. Um, but I spend most of my time now reading more technical things uh books on philosophy ideology history of naturism academic stuff studies and plus of course i'm quite busy um so i don't wait between Bear Oaks, my other business uh, and uh at this point the presidency of the international natures federation is a lot of work oh and, and occasionally i do a podcast so if it wasn't for uh, samantha i this podcast definitely would have gone by the wayside so a big thank you to her and to the sponsors who uh, help us going. So not being able to read the book with the question is how do I interview authors and how do I ensure that we uh, give you uh, recommendations or put you in directions that it's not a waste of your time. And so I came up with the idea of an independent book reviewer. So there's an individual who's uh, remaining anonymous in order to stay objective who has reviewed uh, two books so far. And uh, this allows me to interview the author without uh, be, without having to worry about whether I like the book or not, uh, because I haven't read it. And in fact, I have not read the review, which I turn into an audio text. The text is read by a computer, so you can't even recognize the voice of the person who's doing the review. So I haven't read it. I don't know whether the book is any good or not. I'm interviewing the author strictly on his or her own merits uh, about the storytelling, uh, about uh, the, the work of writing it, about the reasons why they've done it and where they're going with the books and why, what motivates them. So the very first one that we're doing here is uh, Michael Douglas uh, and he wrote a book called A Whole Nude World. So let's go ahead and listen to our chat. Who is Michael Douglas and why did you decide to write a book?
3: I became an attorney in 2016 when I pa- when I passed the Florida bar exam. So I'm a licensed attorney. I've been practicing law since 2016. And the reason why I decided to write the book, because I believe that the message is worth sharing. So my guiding emphasis was to a deal with the uniquely weird objection which is why every chapter's title starts with the word every every population has its parlance every team has its tenants every and so on and so forth because every every single group on the planet has all of these same hallmarks. And that was my first goal. First goal was to A, get rid of this uniquely weird objection, overcome that one, and B, provide some sources so that all naturists would be able to go here. This is why we believe like we do. Yes, of course we can cite our comfort level with not wearing clothing, which is great. But you can't describe your comfort level to another. You can, however, cite the sources for you have lower stress levels, which has been medically proven. You can cite the fact that naturists tend to be happier, which has been proven by a study by uh, Keon West. You can talk about the medically verified benefits and hope that people will begin to accept those and then they will begin to have that grow in their minds as a seed. What lot people come along and water the seed and say, hey, would you like to come with me when I go next time? I decided to publish a book. And then it's like, oh, now who, who, who needs to know about this book? So I thought about you, and I thought about a couple of other influencers in the naturalist community to help me get the message out. And the idea was let these people know that I published a book and they would, of course, tell their friends and they would go and tell their friends and each bu- each person would bring one more person to their nearest nude resort, to their nearest nude beach. And we would all be able to not only increase the number of people who have gone, but hopefully we would be able to change some of these laws in the process. So it's one of those things that's like let's see if if he's willing to address this book because I, I I referenced your podcast in a number of different places in my book because your podcast has sort of become a central repository for everything related to naturism.
0: Oh, well thank you for that.
3: I mean you deal with you deal with the Christian issue relatively well. I mean, you had the uh, you had Tom Pine, who's now passed away, on, on your podcast at one point. You had uh, you you deal with the single women issue. You talked about how do we, how should we address the different body issues that many people claim that that, that we should have as Americans. And I'm like. This is great stuff. So my thought was, let's put together a book that will introduce people to everything that naturism has to offer and give them some resources. So it's not just me speaking, because who knows who I am? And that's why there is no bio on the back of the book, so that you can take this information and you can go and share with your Neighbor, with your friend, with your employer, with your so on and so forth, and say, listen, listen to this, listen to this guy's arguments. And here are the sources that he uses to reach his conclusions. If you disagree with the conclusions, that's great. We, we want to hear those disagreements. But as of right now, all of the standard objections primarily flow from the five that I have given. In, in the, in the criticisms chapter. I mean, you've got the, the single issue. Then you've got the partner issue. Then you've got the children issue. Then you've got what I'm going to call the judgments issue, which is moral judgments. God says this is wrong. Legal judgment. The state says this is wrong or social judgment. I couldn't bear to have my so and so know that I'm participating in naturism. those are all very interesting. And and then what you see is modesty is a combination of we're going to morally judge you because we're going to claim a Bible verse, but we're not going to exactly follow that. Then we're going to use the, we're we're going to really rely on other people to bring that to you, to apply that to you, even though that's not how it should be applied. And so I, I wrote This book came to me one night in July of 2020, after I had visited my first resort in December of 2019. And I was like, okay, now that I've visited my first resort after learning about it 15 years ago, I want to tell people about it. Now that I've got this fire, for, let's go to naturist resorts and go visit naturist places where else should I go? I mean, I, I decided to visit my first resort while I was on vacation all the way across the country. And I I really enjoyed it. I had a blast. I mean, the one thing I recommend to everyone who thinks that they want to go to a nude resort is to check the calendar and see what activities are being offered, what events.
0: So a lot of our listeners obviously are very much uh, already naturists and things, but they're They're always interested in what you're saying and in terms of helping convince others. But your book is unique in a lot of ways because it's very much focused on the Christian perspective uh, for naturism. So would you say this book is only for Christians who are interested in naturism?
3: No, I, I, I would say that this book is for anyone who wants to share about naturism. The reason why is because I have specifically written this book with the idea that yes, some people who are not Christians may be reading this book, and and, and they may they may be naturalists. I want them to know what I believe as well, religiously as well. Because guess what, I believe that that's what's going to save people, as we all do. I mean, if I If I believe that eating pineapple pizza was the way to achieve eternal life, I want you to know that. Mm -hmm. Whether or not you choose to eat pineapple pizza is not the point. But I would at least want you to know it. Then you can make an educated decision for yourself. And we should at least be very clear on what does the Bible say about naturism. So we don't further perpetuate the myth that the Bible forbids naturism. Because it's a widespread myth. The word America is, oh, the Bible says this is bad. So it has to be very, very contained to only a few situations, which you don't even find in the text. I mean, you you, you see some things in some places, and it's like, eh, I can kind of see how they get there, but it, it, when you actually bring it under strict scrutiny and, and you analyze it under what what did that mean and what was their culture like and all of the other understanding that we generally bring to text and documents, if we analyze the Bible as it pertains to naturally under those same standards, you would have to conclude that the Bible is okay with it, which they oftentimes don't want to do.
0: There was uh, there's a number of books that have been uh, written about Christianity and uh, nudism and nudity. Did you uh, did you read those? Yes. Any of those? Or? I, I
3: read a few. I, I read a few of them. The one that that, that comes to mind off the top of my head is uh, "Nudity mm-hmm. and Christianity" by Jim Cunningham. Mm-hmm. And the other one, the other one that I really really enjoyed was "Nakedness in the Bible" by Paul Bowen.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
3: Because that book goes through a verse-by-verse analysis of every single time that the word nakedness, naked, nude, and, and other synonyms is found in the in the biblical text, and explains what that verse actually means in context, so that it's so that we're not left with a mass of confusion. Because what many people want to do is to Say, oh, it's in there somewhere,
1: mm-hmm.
3: but not really give you enough guidance to say, well, this is this is exactly how, how we reach that point. It it is very, very similar to laws in that sense. I mean, you, you have laws all the time prohibiting yeah. doing this behavior or that behavior or the other behavior, but okay, great. The law says do it, okay. When you're a young child, that works well. A parent can say, do this because I say so. That works well if you're a young child. But when you get to teenager, when you get to adult, when you start having children of your own, it's like, well, where did where did that where did that statement that we've been now doing for years actually come from? Did it come from a practicality reason? Is that a legal reason? Is that a moral reason? And our thinking has been very, very trapped as to, oh, just do it this way because it's always been done this way. And, and the, 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 the research has shown that no, it has not always been this way. We need to recognize that early in American history, it was very, very common for us to embrace
0: nudity so the people who have read the cunningham or Bauman books why why should they read your book what have you how is your book different uh, than those other books
3: my book is different from those because it synthesizes a lot of different sources and it synthesizes not just biblical sources and i I cite the bible on everything from needing two witnesses to to convict to various biblical scriptures about not letting the fear of others be a snare in addition to what does the bible have to say about nudity so we the reason why my book should be On your list is because oftentimes people need to hear the message, but they're not necessarily open to a direct biblical application. And if you can get them in the door with, you can come with me, and they bring up to you, well, I agree with that, but I don't want to be around the children objection, or what about my partner, or I've got this lust issue, or I've got this modesty issue. And again, these things are issues for the textile community. I I agree with that. But as we have recognized, these issues do not occur very often within naturism. I mean, yeah, of course there's going to be abuse of Anything, anything that we have been given, we can find a way to abuse it and misuse it. But if we use naturalism properly, the likelihood of actual problems is is significantly decreased.
0: And so, if people are interested in reading your book, uh, which we should say is called "A Whole New World." Um, Where do they find it? How do they get their hands on it?
3: You can go to any online bookseller. You can type in a whole new world on Google. You can use Amazon. You can go to the publisher's website, bookbaby.com, and purchase it from there. And you will be surprised at how quickly it is to get through and one of the things that I've done in my book is I is I left the reader with a number of questions at a significant point, so to gain to to have the reader contemplate. So, for example, I'm talking about history, and at the end, I close with the question of What is your personal natural history? What was your first resort? Because at, at at some point, someone may want to know what is your most fun vacation. And you can tell them all about that time that you went to name of resort with X, Y, and Z friends, and you did X, Y, and Z activities without worrying anything. I also ask the question of where, or what are the two or three verses that you get from the Bible to say that naturalism is wrong? What are those verses? Because oftentimes people will give you the same five set of verses to say, oh, This is a problem, and those verses don't actually say anything close to to what they want, to what textiles want them to say, but that's what often happens when you start adding something, when you start cloaking the original text, and then you pull out little bits and pieces, and you add something to it, and you mix it up a little bit, and it's just like a game of telephone. You start with a good sentence, and someone tells something, and he misheard part of it. He's going to add something else in, and he's going to add something else in, and that part's going to drop, and you end up with a whole new sentence. And it's like, no, the original sentence was this. This was the original sentence that we can all see that I've written on the blackboard. Instead of trying to play this telephone game, which is a fun game, but if you're trying to pass crucial information or maintain a, a biblical standard, that's not how you do it. You, that, that's why it's written down so we can all know what the text says and all agree with what do the words say, even if we're still having doctrinal debates over what exactly does this text mean and how should it apply to our lives today.
0: And now, the review of The Whole Nude World by our anonymous book reviewer and read by our computerized voice.
4: A Whole Nude World. The introduction to nudism premise of A Whole Nude World by Michael Douglas is straightforward and familiar, especially if you have read other introductory nudist texts like How to Take Your Clothes Off by Matthew McDermott, or if you have spent much time in the nudist blogosphere reading first time testimonials and coming out advice. As in those other examples, Douglas sets out to dispel myths about nudism as well as to inform the nudism curious reader on what to expect when first trying nudism and how to navigate difficult conversations and perhaps conversions with family members and loved ones. In the case of a whole nude world, however, Douglas is also very transparent that his book is written for an audience of inquisitive American Christians which means the content of this particular introduction to nudism will also tackle spiritual and traditional objections to nudism commonly experienced within the Christian community. With this objective in mind, the author adequately addresses many of the age-old questions about nudism that you might expect from a secular nudist guidebook, such as how to introduce the subject to your spouse or family, what to expect on an initial visit, and what are normal hesitations to overcome when trying nudism for the first time. Unlike many of the other books before it, The author presents his advice through a christian lens considering questions and angles that a secular guidebook might not especially when it comes to the teachings of the church and the traditions and expectations of the church community in this respect the author offers an original perspective not often seen in mainstream nudist discourse the novel perspective of this book presents an opportunity to speak to a wide and multifaceted christian readership however the author's voice when discussing interpersonal and social issues ends up speaking to a further reduced audience. Little attention is afforded to the diversity of beliefs, values, and political leanings found within the American Christian community. Instead, the assumption is made that the reader holds a conservative ideology which, while undoubtedly true for many Christians, means that the text occasionally reinforces constrictive social expectations rather than breaking them down in the same way that it does for restrictive misinterpretations of biblical text. The author also occasionally wades into uncomfortable territory with already dated commentary on Covid-19, as if anyone wants to be reminded of how polarized the world became during the pandemic. This is not to say that the overall advice is unhelpful, only that the author missed an opportunity to address the full breadth of the Christian community. These criticisms aside, the most impressive aspect of this book is its handling of biblical debate. The author's passion truly shines through whenever an opportunity to wedge in scriptural and historical context arises. At various points throughout the book, the author presents biblical passages and references that are commonly used within the Christian community to justify a rejection of social nudity, effortlessly debunking them and providing counter arguments based on a deeper understanding of biblical interpretations and historical insights. In this way, the author effectively makes the case that the Bible does not teach that nudity equals sin. Experiencing these biblical texts through the author's eyes paints a very different picture of early Christianity than one might hear about from the pulpit and exposes the ways that the scripture has been misrepresented. It felt genuinely refreshing and even liberating to read an educated and thoughtful biblical perspective around social nudity. During these moments, I found myself wishing the entire book was scriptural analysis and relishing in the author's assertion that we should challenge stigmas and traditions that are not based in truth. Frankly, I want more. While the writing style may come off repetitive and rough around the edges at times, there's a charm and quirk to Michael Douglas a whole nude world that can be appreciated if you look for it. And what is the nudist community if not charming and quirky? All around, it may not be the book for everyone, but it is a book for some, for the Christian reader, check it out. I think you will appreciate the relatable scenarios, the scriptural references, and the connections drawn between faith and nudism. You will find value in much of the advice that this book has to offer, especially as you navigate discussions about nudism with members of your family, neighborhood, or congregation. For the non-Christian reader, the content may not be written for you, but you will likely still find some practical advice and nuggets of wisdom to keep in your back pocket to fuel a healthy conversation with a Christian friend or family member.
0: So that'll be all for this episode of The Naturist Living Show. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you found this new format interesting. Thank you, as always, for listening. My name is Stefan Deschaine, and I'm your host for this podcast and the owner of Bear Oaks Family Nature's Park. I make the show with a lot of help from Samantha, who makes the tasks of all the editing and keeping things organized and keeping me motivated so much easier. Uh, she does all the time-consuming editing, and she's always on top of me to make sure that I'm doing the right thing. The Naturist Living Show theme is uh, The Day We Met by Mark Hodges. And you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Show. Uh, one word, none of the money comes to me. Remember that. This is all to support the show, keep the show going. I am not taking a salary. I am already being paid by my other business. So this is all if you want to keep the show going. And if you want to support Samantha, who is doing a lot of work and needs to be paid for the work that she does. Please keep sending also your comments and your suggestion. Uh, we really appreciate getting them. The show's email address is contact at naturistlivingshow.com, one word. And you can find links to all the things we talked about, how to buy the book, in the show notes on the website at also naturistlivingshow, one word.com. I hope you enjoy the show and that you'll join us again for the next episode of the Naturist Living Show.
1: This episode of The Naturist Living Show was brought to you by Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park, traditional naturist values in a modern setting. Traditional values means that naturism is more than just taking your clothes off. It is a life philosophy with physical, psychological, environmental, social and moral benefits. Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park strives to promote those naturist values in a modern setting that provides the amenities and services that our members and visitors expect. Free your body, free your mind. Learn more at www.bearoaks.ca.
5: So my friends, the question is whether you consider publications, samples of which you have seen in this film, to be below your community standards. To find the answer, ask yourself these questions. Would you display this material on your living room table? Do you find such material in the living rooms of your friends and neighbors? Would you read stories from these publications to your family or friends? Would you undertake to sell this material from door to door? Of course you would not. Your community standards are far above this depraved material. Now, what can you do to solve the problem? You've seen the nature of the problem. You've heard the legal solution. But what can you as an individual in your own community do? First, start with your own home. Check your own reading and the reading matter coming into your home for your entire family. Remember, children can be contaminated by magazines brought into the home by adults. Second, promote good reading. Encourage children to use the library. Good books and magazines will help build positive values that are a protection against obscenity. Third, check neighborhood outlets that display pocketbooks and magazines, grocery stores, newsstands, malt shops, everywhere from the corner drugstore to the barber shop. And if you find obscenity for sale, call it to the attention of the owner. Remember, trading in stores that sell salacious material supports the obscenity racketeer.